awesome privilege to preach on Father's Day. I uh, love Father's Day. I love Mother's Day. Uh, I love these these days that we celebrate family because it's it's on God's heart. Families are on God's heart right now today. It's his it's his thought. It's his creation. You know, when he saw that man did not have a suitable mate and all of the animals did, he said that's not good. Everything else, if you remember when God created something, he would say that's good. Behold, that's good. When he made man, he said behold, that's very good. We're the crown of his creation, but the only only thing that was not good was that he was alone. It's not good that the man was alone. So I think it's very, very fitting in our day and hour to be able to see what it was God did. And when he said it wasn't good, he made a woman to be man's helpmate. And together the man and the woman became a father and a mother, and both are necessary in this hour and in this day. I'm going to ask you to follow along with me today in the book of Judges, those of, or book of Joshua, rather. Those of you that are joining online, please uh, follow along with us. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 24, uh, and I want us to read verses 14 and 15. I said Judges because Judges is right there. It's the next uh, book in the Bible. But we're here in J- Joshua 24 and verse 17, and I want to yeah, verse 14. I want us to follow along here. This is one of the last things that Joshua states to the children of Israel. We, we know the account how Moses led the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, and uh, he was not the one to take them into the promised land. It was Joshua that did that. And then he says something to them that I want to bring to your attention today on this Father's Day. And this is not just for fathers, but it speaks specifically to you as a dad. Verses 14 and 15 says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him. And he even tells us how to do it. In sincerity and truth. God wants us to serve Him sincerely, not haphazardly, not fly by the seat of the pants, but sincerely, and to do it in truth. And then He says something very important, put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, when the children of Israel had gone through the wilderness those 40 years, they ultimately had to cross the river Jordan. That's the river he's talking about. When they were beyond the river, they served other gods. They even did it in the midst of the wilderness. When Moses is up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, the children of Israel don't know where he's at, so they rip all their earrings and their gold off, and Aaron, Moses' own brother, fashions a golden calf, and when Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments in his hand, written by the finger of God, here these Israelites are worshiping this golden calf 
who they said brought him across into this land. So he says, put away those gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and what? Serve the Lord. Everybody say, serve the Lord. Now, look at verse 15, because he gets a little more detailed. And if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. If you don't want to serve the Lord and that's a disagreement to you, you need to make the choice who you're going to serve. Whether the gods which your father served which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're now living, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, Joshua made this declaration to serve the Lord. I want you to hear this today. Regardless of what was happening in the culture around him. I'm going to say it again. Joshua made this declaration to serve the Lord regardless of of what was happening in the culture around him. All of the men listening today, we have a similar choice to make. The title of my message today is, Make a Choice. Now, whether you're here in the sanctuary or you're watching online, so many people today... We all have this choice whether we're going to choose to serve God or choose to serve something else. Sometimes that something else is self. How many selfish people do you see today? Um, I mean, if they can cut in line in front of you before you get in there, they'll do that, right? Um. We all know how it's like driving. You know, it's like a hurry up and wait. I can't tell you how many people pass me, doing the, me doing the speed limit, and they pass me, and they're still at the same light I get to 20 seconds later, whatever, 30 seconds later. They're still stuck at the same light. So many people today are choosing to serve self regardless of the effect it has to their family. Are you seeing this? Whether, whether it affects their family, whether it affects themselves, whether it affects their nation, and it is. You see, in our current cultural climate, the choice to serve God, hear me, can look countercultural. That's what it was in the days of Joshua. It hadn't changed any. It hadn't changed any. In Joshua's time... Just as in Joshua's time, today we need some men with a strong spiritual backbone, can I get an amen, who love themselves properly and love their families properly and love the world properly and love God properly, and we need to be inexplicably clear that we're going to serve the Lord. Now, I want to just say this. I want to put this in terms that may sound more familiar in our day and age. This is what we need to start seeing. Is men that rise up and say, 
this is where I'm going to go. You may not want to follow me, but I'm going anyway. My race may not want to go where I'm going. My class may not want to go where I am going. My culture may not want to go where I am going. But let me tell you where I'm going, whether or not you agree with where I'm going. Because that's exactly what Joshua did. And the stakes could not be higher than they are right now. Amen? There has never been a time in my memory when fathers have been more critical to the well-being of, like, everything than they are right now. We live in a time with a fork in the road, a time where we face chaos and and confusion, and a lack of clarity, and voices coming at us from all different directions. And I'm going to say it again. Fathers and men are so critical. We live in a culture that wants to feminize men. We need men to be men. And there's a difference, and there's nothing wrong with being white, with being black, with being brown, with being yellow, with being red. Remember the song, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Now, you have to be blind to recognize or to not recognize that, yes, there are different skin colors, there are different cultures, there are different nationalities, there are different... That's the way it is. That's the way it's been since Babel. If you've ever been to Disney World and you go through Epcot Center, you literally... Have you ever done that? And you walk through, and you're literally going through different cultures. The music changes. The food changes. The house uh, structures look different. You know, why do we not have those little pointed corners to our roofs like they have in Asia? It's not a part of our culture. It's not how we build. Amen? You see, you see those different things, and it, there's nothing wrong with being that. There's nothing wrong with being a woman. There's nothing wrong with being a man. But listen today, fathers and men need to be allowed to be fathers and men. When men don't make the right choices, problems can happen. Children can get confused. Women take on then the illegitimate, I'm going to say it this way, authority role. I want you to recognize something that I am not saying a man and a woman as a man and a woman are on unequal grounds. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there's some things a woman can do a man can't do, and there's some things a man can do a woman can't do. That's that's a fact. There is no man on the planet can ever have a baby, ever, not equipped to. There's no woman on the planet that can make a baby without a man. Can't do it. 
Because it's the way God made it. You need both. And that's when God said, that's good. Now, I know this is elementary to you, but this is the sort of thing that needs to be spoken today. And it's okay, men, to be a man and to be kind of like the video here with John Wayne teaching the little boy how to swim where you just pick him up if he doesn't know how to swim and throw him in there and he'll figure it out. Just reach in, scoop the water, and bring it back to you. And he taught him how to swim. Just like that. Moms would never do that. Well, she never did do that because the boy couldn't swim. Now, today, what happens is, is that, oh, I was going that, I was going a certain way. Men and women, you're on equal planes until you're married. When you become husband and wife, there are role responsibilities. Hello? And I'll tell you this, whether we want to hear it or not, ultimately the way God sees it is men, fathers, husbands are responsible ultimately for their families. The decisions that are made, where you go, what you do, where you live, how you, how you lead, whether or not you're in church, that's not the wife's responsibility, but it's been relegated to her throughout so many years, and we have oftentimes seen women be the spiritual leaders of their home by default because the dad hasn't stand up and done what he's supposed to do. Now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you the way God intended it to be is that, listen, when God created woman, he made woman from man. Her name is even part of man. That's why I said it's not wrong for a woman to be a part of mankind and for us to be able to say the word mankind. It's not a slight against woman. You are man, woman. Yeah, like Sherry said, whoa, man. So when men don't make the right choices, children go into rebellion, women take on the illegitimate authority role, and men become neutered and weak. And we are seeing this happen today. Today, too many men have fallen on a sword. Too many men have become domesticated, meaning, meaning operating in a way that is outside your divine ordained responsibility. I don't mean you can't be domesticated and cook and clean and do all those sorts. I just did that yesterday. I mean, I, you know, I cook some stuff myself. I, I cook things a little bit better, I think, sometimes than just particular things that I, that I like. I know how to cook them, and I love my wife, but she would agree with you. Just let them know, Sherry, you're good with that. I know she told me this, so I'm just telling you what she told me. And, and I just, you know, I took the pledge and the, not the pledge, I mean the pledge that you spray on the little, little, and just dusted yesterday. Yeah, you know, and I don't have a problem with doing that stuff. We shouldn't have a problem with doing that sort of stuff. We should be able to be able to change a diaper, know how to do that. I'm not talking about that kind of a domestication. I'm talking about being under the governance and the lordship of Jesus Christ. A kingdom man or a man who has decided to follow Jesus has made the decision he is going to operate consistently under the governance of God and under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And what Joshua is saying here, he is saying, I'm making a decision to follow God. I'm going to fear him. I'm going to do it in sincerity. I'm going to do it in truth. And while the decision to follow God is a choice we have to make, 
God does not make that decision for you. God doesn't make the choice of where your family is going to go. How they're going to end up. You do. And it's whether or not we listen to God because he gives us options. You say, well, pastor, is that biblical? Yes. Behold, I set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life. He tells us what to do. He shows us how to do it. And yet, still, all of our choices are within certain sovereign boundaries that God has set up for us. Are you getting something out of this? Are you hearing what I'm saying? In fact, let me give you a football analogy. This is Father's Day. We're going to talk father stuff. I'm going to give you a football analogy. The boundaries can be likened to a football field. The field has clearly marked boundaries that are non-negotiable. If you step out that side, you're out of bounds. And you got refs on the field to tell you whether or not you stepped out of bounds. In fact, how many arguments do we find? I wasn't out of bounds. He's like, I'm the, I saw, you're out. Just like that umpire. Strike. What? That wasn't a strike. And they're on and on. And they're arguing, right? That's what we do with God. Lord, I wasn't out of bounds. I was just being a man. No, you were out of bounds. Amen? You see, there are clearly marked boundaries, and they're non-negotiable, but, but within those boundaries, the players have choices. Those players on the field have a choice what play they're going to run. Who's going to be involved in the play? they got a strategy. However, at this point, I've got to give you a warning. Although the choice is yours, you don't get to choose the consequences of your choices. Those are up to God. That's why he says choose life. You can make the choice yourself. You don't have to serve the Lord. That's what Joshua is saying. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You've got a choice to make today. Are you going to serve the Amorite gods of this land? Are you going to serve the Egyptian gods of the past? Or are you going to serve God? And Joseph makes a declaration. I want you to see here, Joseph is declaring this. He says in verse 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Before this, he tells the people, the, the Israelites, the people that he's leading, that they need to throw away the gods of their ancestors whom they worshipped beyond the river and Egypt. He also tells them, choose between this culture's God. How many gods do we see in this culture? How many right now are serving the God of golf this morning? It's not wrong to golf, but it's wrong to make it your God. How many serve just the God? Put any sport in it. Put your work in it. Work can be a God. There's a lot of things that can be a God. And what he's saying is what you used to do, how you used to be. You know, how many of you know what you used to be and what you used to do before you came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Amen? 
So the context of this verse is that Joshua is concerned that the Israelites, though they have left Egypt already, listen to this, still have a little Egypt left in them. Joshua's telling them, you cannot hang on to both what remains of Egypt and the blessings of serving God. You can't have both. You got to make a choice. That's why I've titled this, Make a Choice. They want the benefits of and the promises of God without the absolute selection to the submission and service to God. Additionally, the Bible says they need to make a choice whether or not they will assimilate into the culture that they're currently surrounded in by the Amorites. Here's that message put in today's terms. Don't let the place you're living define the decisions you make. Do you know that there are still nations that call some sins that America has said is okay? They still call it sin. In Tanzania. So as these Israelites are now living in this new land of the Amorites, they're feeling the pressure, hear me, to conform to the culture. And so are you. So are we. Amen? The culture wants to form us and change us. And say, just open your mind a little bit and look at this a different way. Church, can I just say the one way? There's only one way to look at sin. It'll kill you. The wages of sin is death. And sin is anything Jesus called sin. Anything the Bible says is sin. How many believe murder is sin? Yeah. How many believe uh, adultery is sin? How many believe stealing is sin? But do you see, all of those things, I I, I even told you this last week, adultery, I believe it was uh, over 20-some states in the Union, still, adultery is against the law. I told you what it was in the state of Arizona, 30 days in the jail for not only you, but the person that was involved as well. A spouse can literally press charges in this state, as well as many other states. Now, I don't hear about that happening. But you know what? It's been against God's law forever. Still. And so, today, it's vital that the men of God and fathers in our culture rise up and speak God's truth to their children and their families and keep on keeping on speaking it. You see, you can't be one way in church, we know this, and one way uh, in the world. We can't be one way in church spiritually and then be and go secular as soon as we leave the church. It just doesn't work that way. So I want to look at three things before I close this morning 
on Joshua's declaration. With all that we are facing today, church, we need to have God on our side. And we need to make sure we're on God's side. Number one, Joshua's decision, church, notice this, first of all, guys, it's a personal decision. This is a decision you have to make personally. It's personal. Say it, this is a personal decision. In the same way, men today need to know that the decision to follow God cannot be made by anyone but you as a man, as a husband, as a father. Too many men today are like jellyfish. They have no backbone. They just kind of go with the current. They don't take a stand. And I don't mean being mean. I don't mean guys taking a stand being mean about it. I'm talking about being clear. That's what Joshua, he wasn't being mean about this, this personal decision. He was being clear. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen? Too often, people don't know what somebody really stands for because they're not really clear. Amen? I want to give you an example of what I'm saying. I am saying that I personally follow Jesus Christ. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. If it's in the book, I believe it. If the book doesn't line, if the the world doesn't line up with the book, then I'm not going to change the book to line up with the world. I'm not going to change my view to line up with what's popular around me. Because you know what? It's going to change anyway. So, you know, let me make this point. Everyone else is telling us who they follow. Amen? You know, why should we, as God's men, be ambiguous as about who we follow? I follow Jesus. And if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, I vote Jesus. Forget Republican, Democrat, vote Bible. Number two, Joshua's decision is not only a personal decision, it's a family decision. He's making a decision for his family. Joshua broadens this decision and includes his house. He says, as for me and my house, my wife, my kids, my dog, my cat, my rat, my parakeet, Whatever's in my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So here's the Guys, listen to this. Joshua right here is taking responsibility for his family. Why does he make a declaration and not ask for a vote? Interesting, isn't it? Families aren't a democracy, men. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is how we live in our home. Why does he ask, make this declaration and not ask for a vote? Because in the Bible, the father is held responsible by God for the direction of his family. I just thought I'd tell you that. A kingdom man accepts responsibility under God. Not even when your wife get, she does not get to make the final decision about that. You do. Your responsibility. Do you know that as a pastor, I will also give a responsibility to God for what I do and do not allow in this church, who I will and will not allow to preach. 
what doctrine I will and will not allow to come through. It's my responsibility. There's, there's a double responsibility. And if it doesn't line up with God's Word, I'm going to be held responsible for that. See, Adam got into trouble, men. Let me just remind you, Adam got into trouble when he allowed Eve to overrule God's instructions in the Garden of Eden. God didn't give her those instructions. He gave them to Adam. That's why she misquoted them. When Satan came to her and said, has God really said you can't eat from the tree? He said, she said, God said we cannot eat from it, nor shall you touch it. God never said that. Because she got it secondhand. I'm not trying to come against ladies today. I am, coming, I am here today to come and say for men that we have a responsibility as a spiritual leader in our home, to make a personal decision and a family decision as to where we're going. Because this declaration, church, listen to me, it's a covering statement. And there is an authority. When you get under God's authority, it's like an umbrella. The devil can't cut, touch you. Oh, he can try, and he will try, but he's like a gumless lion. He's like, he's like a lion with all of his teeth knocked out. He's got a roar, but he has no, he has no ability to chew. He can't just gum you. You say, well, now wait. The devil, devil's got power. Yeah, he's got authority and he's got power where he has allowed it. So Joshua's decision is not only a personal decision, it's a family decision. And number three, Joshua's decision is also a culture-wide decision, culture-wide. When he addresses the culture, notice this. Let's look at verse 15 again. It starts off and it says, if it is disagreeable in your sight. This shows us the public declaration. I'm making this public. I'm serving the Lord, so is my family serving the Lord. And if it's disagreeable with you, bringing this back to our current culture, we need men to go public with their Christian faith just like Joshua did. We're facing all kinds of pandemics right now. We're told that we have a health pandemic, but we also have a lack of truth pandemic. We also have a racial pandemic. We also have a police and community pandemic. We also have a political pandemic pandemic. We also have clashes going on everywhere. The best solution to these pandemics is for godly men to take their place and speak out what God says about race, what God says about order, what God says about healing wounds, what God says about being civil to other people, what God says about the role of government, what God says about what truth is. God has given us direction about all these things right here. He's told us what we need to do for our leaders. Please don't throw hymnals or stones or pins at me. But we are not to be slamming our leaders verbally, vocally, publicly, cursing them, even when we don't like what they've done. We need to be praying for them. 
You're like, how do you pray for something you don't even agree with? Pray that the blinders are removed. And listen, if, if we're not praying for them, you're, you're doing one of two things. You talk about people you don't pray for. I will mark, mark my word. If you are talking about somebody, I will guarantee you, you're not praying for them. And if you're praying for somebody, you're not talking about them. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean today. I'm not even trying to be political. I'm just saying to you today, whoever's in office, our responsibility as a Christian is to pray. Things change by prayer. And if you don't pray, nothing changes. You say, well, pastor, I pray and nothing changes. But it's better to be in agreement, leave it up to God for what happens, but let's do what God says to do. Amen? That's not even in my notes, but there's a message in this message. And a warning in this Father's Day message that I don't want you to miss. And it's this. And I am really, I'm concerned about this. As a man, as a pastor, as a granddad. There is a culture out there that does not want men of God to succeed. While our goal is to move forward, there will be resistance. And that is why you need God on your side. I want to remind you that God is good. I'm going to say it again. God is good. He is for you, not against you. Satan's the one that's against you. Men of God, fathers, dads, husbands, listen. It's God that's for you. Oral Roberts came out back in the 50s and began to tell everybody that. You know, everybody, everybody was, preachers were preaching, God is ready to just knock you out. He's going to judge you for this and judge you for that and judge you for And yeah, he is. But Oral Roberts came out and said, you know what? God's good. He's got something good. Something good is going to happen to you today. He's got healing for you today. There's power in his name. He, he, he's going to give you something good. Amen. How many of you want something good? And I think it's worthy of noting that Joshua didn't put himself in the position of disagreeing with the people just to be disagreeable or just to be different. His declaration was not, his declaration was, if it's disagreeable with you. Right? Choose for yourselves. I'm not making your choice for you. You see, Joshua declared with his mouth and with his actions that his household will be serving God by word and by deed. So I want to put the caboose on this message, and I'll let you go. God, on this day, this Father's Day, is all of y'all's father. Amen? He's your dad. Like Sherry said, if some of you didn't have a good dad or a dad at all, in fact, I read a survey of, this is many, many years ago, about prison inmates. You couldn't get enough Mother's Day cards for them. 
I mean, the majority asked for a Mother's Day card to send to their mama. Guess how many wanted to send one to their dad? They didn't ask for one for dad. God relates to us on the basis of how we handle our relationship with him. Listen to me. Going back to Joshua, in the next several verses following Joshua's declaration, do you know what happens? I encourage you to read that this afternoon. Keep reading to the rest. There's only a few more verses left in chapter 24. Read them today. Because you will find in those that the Israelites, they make a covenant with God. They actually respond favorably to what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You need to make a choice. And they made the right one. I'm going to use another football analogy to to explain this covenant. The game of football uses the ball as the benchmark. I told you about the boundaries. But what is the benchmark? The benchmark literally for every ruling in the game is the ball. For example, a touchdown is determined by if the football crosses this boundary, the plane. Amen? A field goal is based on whether the ball has gone through the uprights. An offsides ruling is based on where the players are in relation to the ball. Out of bounds is determined by where the player that has the ball has taken the ball. Everything revolves around where people are in relation to the ball. Go back to spiritual. The football is like our covenant or our agreement that we make with God. Where are you taking the ball? Where are you taking that agreement? Where are you taking that covenant? Are we relating to him rightly like that ball in the football game? In other words, where are you in relationship to the covenant you have with God? We have a We have a culture, we're living in it, that wants to trick you and to trip you. And the answer is in your choice. And the choice comes out of our covenant relationship with God. Do you remember these words? Jesus said, if you love father and mother, sister, brother, child, Son, daughter, doesn't matter. And he lists all of these familial relationships. If you love them more than me, what are the words of Jesus that follows that? You are not worthy of me. 
In other words, your relationship with me is in danger if you put even your family above me. Joshua is saying to God, Lord, you're number one. I am making a choice to follow you and declare that, and I'm saying that as for me and as far as it depends upon me, my family is going to serve you too. So, let the world know. Let your family know. Let your work know. As for you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord. So be blessed today, dads. Be strong. Be of a good courage. You are the head and you're not the tail. You are above only and you are not beneath anything. Say anything that the devil is up to today. You're not below anything. You're not the tail. Amen. Love you guys. Go in the power of that. I believe that God is going to anoint you to be what you're called to be. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed today.